I'm Orla Medinas. I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> so enthusiastic. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. Welcome to the Recommendation Game, the Film of the Week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. Orla's no longer sick, I'd just like to point out. Um, <laughs> this week's film is The Sweet Hereafter from 1997, directed by Adam Egoyan, produced by Adam Egoyan and Camelia Freiburg. Screenplay by, <laughs> screenplay by Adam Egoyan. Based on The Sweet Hereafter by Russell Banks, starring Ian Holm, Maori Chaikin, Peter Donaldson, Bruce Greenwood and Sarah Polly. Music by Mikael Dana. Cinematography by Paul Sarosi. Edited by Susan Shipton. <laughs> I kind of thought Canadian. <laughs> It'll be fine. And the synopsis is... A small mountain community in Canada is devastated when a school bus accident leaves more than a dozen of its children dead. A big city lawyer, Ian Holm, arrives to help the survivors and victims' families prepare a class action suit, but his efforts only seem to push the townspeople further apart. At the same time, one teenage survivor of the accident has to reckon with a loss of innocence brought about by a different kind of damage. Ba-ba-ba. This week's film was picked by Ricardo. It was indeed. Ricardo, why did you pick this movie? First of all... Uh, oh, oh, enthusiastic. <laughs> just as a comment uh, in the last episode, uh, you were mentioning about like the when I get obsessed with somebody that looks like uh, two people. <laughs> but uh, it's really... Uh, the Sarah Polly's father in this movie looks like uh, a weird mixture of Michael Shannon and Benicio Del Toro. Oh my god, he does. With like a really weird big mouth. Oh, yeah. Such a strange look. With the hair and shit. Oh, the hair. Ugh. Very 90s hair and jacket. So and 90s. Um, also, shout out to Bruce Greenwood's mustache in this movie. Um, I did not recognize him for so long. And then I was like, wait a second. You're the president in all the movies. What are you doing there? I or, like I like him a lot. Or interviewing Kate Blanchett in uh, uh, I'm Not There. Is he the journalist? Yeah. Oh my god, he is. I love Bruce Greenwood. He's he's, Dallas. he's fantastic. He, like, just, he turns up in so many and, things. Uh, he's Young great in the uh, Thirteen Days, the Kevin Costner JFK <laughs> movie about the Cuban uh, Missile Crisis, and he's a great JFK, nearly as good as William Devane. Interesting. In, uh, Missiles of October, which will be a future pick, by the way. Um, not a 13 days, uh, Missiles of October. Uh, Noted. Uh, Sweet Hereafter. Um, yeah, uh, to begin with, uh, I was torn between two movies uh, based on novels by Russell Banks. Hmm. Uh, the other one is Affliction, which is with Willem Dafoe and Nick, uh, Nick Nolte. And they're like, it is clearly a Russell Banks movie because it is so depressing. Uh, <laughs> Unlike this one. This one is one, like, well, Roger Hebert called one of the coldest movies that he had ever watched, which was <laughs> yeah. quite apt when I picked it, it was before the, the I snow watched fell. it on a snow day, which yeah, felt like appropriate. It's <laughs> fucking freezing when you're watching that movie. <laughs> uh, but uh, when it came out, it, 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 like, Atom Yengoyan was uh, nominated for Best Director for, for this movie for, in the Oscars, mm. uh, also for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it won the second prize in Cannes, the Grand Prix, mm. uh, Nanda Pomme d'Or, the, um, be the second one. 
and uh, it turned up in like best off list or whatever and when you see the trailer like which is the first thing that i saw i was like what the fuck oh How 90s this, this trailer uh, yeah and it's in a world and it's proper kind of like they sell the movie like it's aaron brockovich oh dear that it's like that your home it's coming to like fucking Charging, show the way the day, whatever yeah. kind of thing and it's not what this movie is whatsoever uh, this is one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. And I think part of it is that like it's structured like a me- melodrama. Mm. So at every turn you think that the movie is going to go somewhere else. But it never goes where you think the movie is going to go. It just goes somewhere more depressing. <laughs> like, um, uh, But at the same time, weirdly giving at the end a, a sense of... Uh, uh, dealing with loss and uh, a cl- strange closure almost in a yeah, way yeah. and an understanding of uh, how loss can never be there's no closure to loss mm. that they're like you can't tie it with a ribbon it's a never-ending yeah process the, the, and uh, like i thought ian holmes performance is one of the best performances in the 90s i'd say it's he does so much with so little even like the the way that he says the 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 line his lines when he's trying to sell himself to the clients it's like you can tell that he doesn't even believe in his own words anymore mm. but he's still it's that kind of amazing three-layer performance that yeah. is like him bigging himself up but he's, also giving a good performance for them but you yeah. know that like that it, determined not... but also dejected at the same time yeah uh, i also think that the film is very 90s on its look but also like one of the best looking films of that kind of uh, type of cinematography the mm. like that soft kind of cinematography that was very common in the 90s and very apt for the the film that it is uh, even the weird way that the airplane is shot when he's having the 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 conversation with his sister's old friend Ali mm, and they his daughter's the, old friend yeah the sorry sister his daughter's old friend Ali <laughs> and, I was like wait what no <laughs> and that side plot uh, side plot uh, I thought that adds so much to the movie and it's like clearly it, it's a movie, like one of the best adaptations of a novel even though I haven't read the novel mm. because it feels novelistic it feels like you're watching a novel but it still works as a film on its own the that sense of the the lives that are being lived as the movie progresses and uh, what I was saying about the melodrama that there's a lot of like oh, these two people are cheating on the husband mm. and this is happening and then Sarah Poli is getting has a love affair with her father Ugh. and stuff and it all sounds so big and yeah. the movie makes it so small and it never loses like uh its love for its characters beyond its flaws like even like the looks that the characters give each other and say and it has an interesting uh way of uh using time in the film like how it compresses events and how it delays the showing of some events and uh clarifying others and the payoffs that it goes because the movie is not played in chronological order mm. Um, so there's scenes that add greater like sadness because you know what's going to happen yeah, but you later, don't know yeah. how it happened even you know and 
also i think that there'll be a lot like a lot to talk about even if you didn't like the movie uh, particularly the the house where the hippie couple live it's straight out of a grand designs episode yeah oh my god like the kevin mcleod is like off the shot oh my god I mean? yes 100 percent. i did love that house <laughs> like uh, when i was watching it this time i was like orla uh, will love this house uh, but also like uh, i think that um like even the decision of the the panning shot in the beginning of the movie that reveals the three the couple in bed with the baby in the middle and then the payoff for that scene mm. it, it, like every time that i watch it i feel uh it's like for one i don't think it's a perfect movie and we'll get to why i think so but i think it is a very very interesting movie especially for when it came out and the effect that it had even compared to what is being released nowadays even though it's a canadian production it's a big production you Mm. know like it's got push it doesn't feel canadian let's say and i don't mean that canadian cinema is like lesser somehow but it doesn't have the like it feels it feels Hollywood, if you know what I mean. It feels Hollywood mid-budget 90s. Yeah, and it's yeah. a way that, like, we, we talk about forever that no, like, mid-budget movies don't exist anymore. Like, something like Hidden Figures, like, it's a rarity when it mm. used to be something like that... good I, mid-budget yeah. movies, let's say, yeah. The, and the 90s was riddled with them. Yeah, and I, I think that... It is a very artistically competent and complete movie, but also a movie that is completely mainstream. And it's something that we haven't touched upon that often in, mm. the, in the podcast. And I felt that it'd be a, a good moment to to bring a little change of pace in that, in that sense. But also, like, I've been, like, strangely thinking a, a lot about, like, death. And not, not, um, uh, not in a red flag kind of way. <laughs> yeah, uh, more, like, uh, in, like, this pick also like uh, I watched it after the 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 shoot, school shooting in the United States oh, and it, no. it had a complete different meaning watching it on the, in that context. Mm. Uh, and I felt that uh, especially with the kind of like phoenix rising from the ashes that is happening with the survivors and how they're changing the conversation mm. in America, but also how most events of that magnitude affect. Uh, forgotten and also how they affect the community at large when you don't have something to hold on to even though like you know home is doing the ambulance chasing kind of that they don't even like the reason he doesn't go for to sue the school bus driver is not that he doesn't believe that she wasn't culpable mm. is that the insurance is not big enough to to cover the amount of money that he wants to cover because he gets one third or whatever mm. and i think that it's interesting even the the way of the you know home character that like he's not he's an ambulance chaser but at the same time he's not like other movies who made him like like grander than life or whatever or even how where the case goes to i think it's a very interesting movie because it grabs every single thing that you think from movies that you've learned from movies where they are gonna go you know like Mm. all these tropes and they present the, the the beginning like the germination of like the <laughs> like they plant the seed and then it doesn't go where wherever you thought and like it's a movie that almost feels the entire movie uh, it's very heavy to watch i think uh, because a lot of the scenes are give me the same emotional impact as the monologue scene in Paris Texas 
it's very shot that way that it's like people just talking about this traumatic event but almost non-emotional until they break down because they're trying not to to show that emotion because they know once the the door is open they can't close it mm. and as uh, i have never thankfully experienced something of this magnitude but every time that I, the the few times that i had to experience loss especially loss of like school friends that obviously they're like my generation unfortunately there's been too many mm. that uh, are, are so sudden that you don't know how to process it and when you meet the like people it, it like it felt very true but in a movie way like very movie way not in the authentic way let's say of last week's movie yeah very, no it's a different style way. it's a very different style uh but without further ado what did you think of the movie um yeah it's one, one of the, the interesting i think most interesting things about this that you've kind of touched on there is um is, is the kind of shifting shifting narrative but um and like the the non-linear um, style of of the of the the story and what's interesting is that like it wasn't until afterwards when I kind of sat down and thought about it, I really thought, oh yeah, this is a non-linear, a non-linear narrative. And because it, it's funny how like when you're watching it, um, it slips very seamlessly like back and forth through not just time, but also like perception of the different characters. And it's it's really, really interesting. And like, it it's a, it's a film of like quite like many sort of like threads um like some connected some separate like that are all kind of and like ideas and, and feelings and they're all kind of tied together by like the one theme of like grief and and like the longevity of grief and and the impact over like when one thing happens how many different people that it impacts across like not just the community but also the other people outside of the community that are impacted and like it, it in a way it kind of meanders like in this non-linear fashion but like not i don't mean that as a as a criticism like definitely not um because i think it it handles it quite well um but it yeah, does it, it follows more of an emotional thread rather yeah, than a plot yeah thread. yeah yeah that that's i think like theme um it's it's uh it's it's very interestingly um handled i think but it does have you've like pointed out it does have a very clear 90s aesthetic um but again not not in a bad way at all um I do think, and we'll get to it, that visually this this movie is very, very interesting. Like hundred percent, like the widescreen and the the just the use of of the especially the exterior shots. Like some of them are absolutely beautiful. There's some very nice helicopter shots as well. Um, but uh, it made me like directly think of Twin Peaks and Fargo as well. And that's obviously not a bad thing whatsoever. Um, and not just in um, the fact that this is like snowy and like a kind of an isolated area or whatever. And like, you know, the trees and everything. But um, it has a, a similar kind of like otherworldly quality, I think, as well. Um, and the very, very like, you know, the, the sort of the fairy tale theme of it as well, which of course made me think of Phantom Thread and the word <laughs> that I just said the word thread about three times. But um, and even like the idea of like... Um, like the evils and the sins sort of like beyond the picket fence, which is obviously a very David Lynch and also a very 90s kind of like uh, theme as well. Um, but again, not in a bad way because I think it's it's quite well, it's very well handled, I think, and not not in, in like the, the kind of like fully sort of like surreal nature of like David Lynch and not even like something like Cronenberg or whatever. Like it's, it is very 90s, but um at the same time, I think it manages to like um to move beyond it, its kind of like nineties nineties tropes, um 
It rises above. Yeah, I, I do think so. Um, at the same time, um, I think that like this film can be incredibly, incredibly involving and incredibly like heart wrenching. Um, and occasionally it's sort of distancing. Um, I do think that there are, there are a few points that I found that it's slightly dragged for me. Um, not enough to to fully to fully ruin the film like this is this is a film where afterwards i had to really sit and think about why i didn't love it and like i think there there are like like clear clear flaws and everything but i think um sometimes i think that the the shifting of it can can feel a little unmooring at times um but also i like certain elements that didn't quite work for me like the the, the daughter um like not not sarah poley but ian holmes daughter um i don't first of all i don't think her performance is very good i think the this it's the 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 flaw that i picked out is yeah. also criticism that you have with one of my scripts before is like you say the name of the character way too much and she's oh like my God. daddy daddy people say the daddy. word daddy so often and that infuriates me because that is not what people do in real life like it's not yeah, I think as well that there is a slight um, over-reliance on allegory. Um, and I think that sometimes this feels more, like, it's kind of complex narratively as you, like, all the disparate threads and the shifting timelines and everything, but not always thematically. And I think there's an overuse of the Pied Piper idea and, like, the like the, the idea of it itself I think is interesting the idea of that that Ian Holm is motivated not just by by money by wanting to help people but by having been unable to save his own daughter and like those things are all very clear it, it shows it and then it later on tells you if you know what I mean yeah. that that it's like like when the, the Pied Piper thing isn't like I I kind of I that's something that turns up every so it's not overused i don't think but it shows it turns up every so often often in, in more like uh directly dark things like it's in the tunnel and stuff the use of the like kidnapping of children and all this kind of stuff <coughs> and i think it works very well here but it's the second third time that it's brought in you're like okay we get it well, we like get the, it and i think that the uh just to interject <coughs> on that on that point is um, with the Ian Holm character, I, I understand his uh, the allegory of him being the the Pied Piper in the way to the town, leading them towards this <coughs> this uh, lawsuit that he wants to make everybody to rich the or whatever. Piper, yeah. yeah. Uh, the and also the the fact that like when he goes into the town, uh, he's given the airs of somebody that hasn't never been through. A suffering of this kind but also he's processing the same feeling so partly the reason why he can't sell himself as well as he probably did in the past mm. but also the reason why he left probably a big firm like the the way the ali was saying like uh, the the daughter's friend that like he used to be a partner in a firm mm. and now he's going he to has that water, air kind of though he really is the big city guy that he was once this big successful yeah. hotshot lawyer and that the man has just been broken by yeah. long-term effects of grief and yeah the, it's the grief of somebody that hasn't even died so mm. like i think that the, the living like, dead uh, <laughs> and the the fact that it's like oh i i 
speak to you if i knew who i was talking to that is such a good oh, line oh yeah which uh, version of you that that opening is is really brilliant like whenever he's in, in the, the car wash oh it's oh. so bleak Can he you, has to get out like it, oh. it reminded me of the the bruce springsteen song that is uh, called downbound train about a guy that whose wife left him like he like and the song is like I had a I had a life I had a job I had something in this world whatever in the beginning and then it's like I got laid off in the lumber yard and then he's like saying that he's working a car wash and all it ever does is rain oh. and it's like so bleak perfect <laughs> but like uh, like that that moment is like so like oh. a line I wonder if oh. Paul if the the writer like <laughs> went like yeah I'm putting that in the book thanks Bruce um, but. The, the saddest part of the firefighter part that is the part that usually is not mentioned when when like in the tunnel oh the stuff, child that's left behind, behind. yeah and it's like that I couldn't see what like even though she the child knows that those children are being led to their death mm. she still feels left out because she's the one that like that the survivor it, guilt yeah. kind of thing and I thought that it was uh, especially because of Sarah Pauli that is both the person narrating the Piper and also the person that is left she, behind. She is great. Yeah. Like, it's, whoa. <laughs> it's such a good ch- child performance that is like, insane. I, oh, my God. Like Her she's... and Bruce Greenwood, Anya Home, like, are, in a, like, all the, most of the performance, not yeah. all the performance. Most of the performances <laughs> are great. Like, uh, I found really distracting the first couple that he interviews that your man is the villain from True Detective. And I was... Uh, uh, like he's the yellow king and what? I was, yeah yeah oh my god the fuck it... guy yeah yeah oh my god and i was like i had an arthur lee allen moment oh. that i can't see the character I... or anything else to do with i'm so glad i didn't pick up on that i'm so glad even though like the guy is clearly a prick anyways and like then whenever you see her then later it's like ah. <laughs> i understand you um oh my god i can't believe that's him oh god that's so creepy um yeah, I do. I think as well, just like going back to the daughter as well, is that like the, the opening, it's like really confused me because it's like this almost like Michael Mann-esque, like, you know, downtown, like, you know, oh, the, the she's going to score her drugs, you know, it's like almost like, you know, to live and die in LA. It's like this weird, and I was like, well, I actually think I wrote down Michael Mann, and I was like, oh, it's so 90s. And then it cuts to him in the car wash, and you're like, with the 90s self it's like two very different tones like one being handled really well and one that's just like "Ah." and then whenever she gets into the phone and she's like daddy daddy it's like oh my god shut up and she's just the the real (laughs) close-ups to her mouth and stuff oh god yeah like later on um yeah that that felt that felt like tropey 90s which was just a bit distracting i think as well so it, it really kind of took away from from those moments whereas the moments like whenever he's on the plane and he's just talking about her as a child, that's really powerful and like really heartbreaking. And the fact that like, as you were saying, that it does lead back to like the, the scene at the very, very start. Because this is like, it takes a minute to get into this. Like it is quite jarring how you're kind of like thrown in. You're not entirely sure because you're seeing things on different. And like at the very start, whenever you first see when they're at like the country fair or whatever, 
um that's really confusing because i was like it almost looks like it's you've gone back in time yeah. so i was like is that supposed to be what wait what age is she what and it's like oh wait no that's not their past selves you have to like you're constantly trying to work out but once you kind of get into it and you're kind of you understand now who the key players are within the town and, and everything and how they all relate to each other you can kind of start to relax into the different timelines and stuff so i, I don't find it like a particularly confusing film i don't think but there are a couple moments that are flawed uh, I'll say the least. I like, but... possibly just going back to something that you said about it being a very good adaptation. Sometimes it's a little bit too novelistic. Yeah, I think maybe and in quite even like the hammering home of the of the allegory and like I think that it's a strength and a weakness to it. Yeah. Often in the way that adaptations are because it's two taking two mediums that are so different and smashing them together. Um, but it's mostly successful. <laughs> I, I, start, no, I, I agree with that yeah uh, but also it has like a fantastic moment like moment to moment there's few films like there's many films that be happy to have one or two moments as good as moments mm. like the the scene about the fucking black widow spider nest in the, oh. in the but like the story it's so heartbreaking possibly having to like like you know, cut give, the give child, her a tracheotomy yeah. and you're a three-year-old child but the it's way the that shot he, of her staring up at him and oh and the dialogue the, the way that he says uh after you've seen uh, you home talking to his daughter and what has happened to her how she's like oh they she loved us both the same now she hates us both the same but oh. at the time uh, the doctor said who should be uh, she's more comfortable with and just because I was calmer at the time, I like I took her and uh, my wife drove and like and then you also understand it from that moment why they broke up because they're married the same oh, yeah. way so like so tied to that child that yeah once so it many goes marriages wrong, go yeah, you can't uh, hold uh, it go, together yeah. yeah when the child dies there's so many marriages that can't. Uh, survive mainly because every time that you see your spouse's eyes, mm-hmm. you only see your child, your child, uh, and like uh, this movie really like fucking explains how that fucking happens. <laughs> yes. Like, um, but also like the, uh, like I said, the Bruce Greenwood fucking like he's always great, and in this movie he's particularly great. Yeah. The scene when the 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 second scene when uh, he meets uh, the the manager of the motel. In the motel yeah. room because they had the scene first when they are just uh, cheating on their spouses and they had the weird 90s sex scene. Oh my god, so 90s. <laughs> but at the same time, very 80s. It's like straight out of Top Gun. But like the same way he's having the, like she's like, oh, you do the, the smoke corner. He's like, oh, all I hope like the best moments was when i sat here and smoked by myself thinking about like the it's such a bleak but cutting line and it's the fact that like they've both lost their children at this point like they're both like but at this point he has lost something beyond her that he's lost his wife as well so he's just like he is a, a man that has nothing left at this point and is dealing with it in the only way he knows how which is just shutting everything down and also like the only person that realizes that the uh, is not forgetting it's like becoming a community again that is the only way to heal mm. and he's the only person that sees it and nobody pays him any heat because he's well, the person yeah. with the biggest amount of pain also like and I think that also that's the interesting thing that this movie discusses that people sometimes 
find a moment of clarity through grief mm. and are often sidelined and ignored. ignored because they're it's like the person that just like got beat up in town or whatever it's like don't pay attention to him he's like going through trauma or something mm. you know and you're just talking sense like uh and uh you had that moment like the the whole bit with the hippie parents like i think oh, that they're so good in this movie jesus and like go it's just it's that that like and it's quite early in the film that that is that it's um the bus driver what's the bus driver's name uh can't remember now uh, she's rita, very rita I she's think. very marge from uh from fargo like 100 yeah. percent Oh, with the other, but, um, with Arthur Lee Allen as the husband. Like, th- there's connections everywhere where you look for them. Yeah, there's. Yeah, n- that cutting back to like that scene whenever she's talking about him and she's still half talking about him in the past and present tenses yeah. where she's like, he's such a beautiful boy, you know, and then like it just pounds up to the photograph of him and like it goes back at one point and shows all the photographs that she has of like. And how she keeps saying all their names because she's so connected to these children. And, and she's like, she says my kids. Yeah. Because she couldn't have kids with her, with her husband. And so like she became like, she had the bus and then you see the picture of her like with the, like yeah. with her. Some like, very on the good, bus. Um, some very good um, art department there. Because yeah. that is something where a lot of movies fall down. And um, even like the details of the ramp that there's actual like wear and tear of the mm. wheelchair and the ramp and. Uh, the, the the subtle color change as well yeah and like the <clears throat> with, with the german couple in particular when she shows up it like because they're uh told oh they're hippies and they might be smoking pot and blah 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 the when i watched it the first time because i thought it was going to be just like a big overblown melodrama like just watching on tv you know kind of yeah. like it's the only thing on and I wished at the time that I had been prepared because when you start watching oh, this and God. you're like, this is going to be like a fucking telenovela, just like Ellen <laughs> Brockovich kind of thing because I'd seen the trailer and then this movie happens. Oh, it's kind God. of like, uh, I just want to like never watch a movie again after it. Uh, but um, Oh, it's rough. But it gives you like, it's a complete different feeling on the end of the, like trying to, to, to be clear that it's not the same feeling as watching something as rough as come and see no no like, no that no, this no. has redemption it has, has moments humanity of 100%, in it. it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's a it's a film that looks at grief in an honest way and i think that that's why it makes it both uh, uh, both a incredibly sad experience but really cathartic as well mm. especially because there's no catharsis in the movie it makes it cathartic in, in a weird way that it makes it you it uh, feels so real that that's almost cathartic and also it makes you it makes it cathartic <laughs> to understand that not every uh death or or tragedy has to have a meaning mm. you know that sometimes you don't have things, to look for sometimes things do just happen yeah. sometimes you hit black eyes sometimes the railing doesn't hold sometimes the ice breaks sometimes oh god that was the worst it's cgi as well well yeah Yeah. but like it's it's the fact that it happens so fucking slowly that it's like it goes out and like he's falling and he's like no my god oh my god and then it just slowly goes down it's absolutely um and it's such a nice little thing as well like him just waving his kids all the way to school and it's like and like but juxtaposed with like you know right after he's been described as you know oh he's there every day he's so diligent he's such a great dad that he then has the phone call with the woman who he's having the affair with like this strange juxtaposition of like you know the the, how 
great a person he is and how he's also doing this you know slightly untoward thing or whatever but that you know he tell you know at the same time it's like the kind of affair where because it's such a small community and everyone's so involved in their lives that she knows that he's there waving to his kids right now you know what i mean that she knows his life as much as he knows hers um I do want to talk briefly about the one thing that I find very, very uncomfortable and not particularly well handled, which is the incest. Yeah. Um, I think it actually made me think of um, kind of the problem that you had with um, uh, with Diary of, of a Teenage Girl. Um, I, I think part of the problem is, is, his, is his character, not necessarily that like the movie doesn't punish him or whatever. It's that he's neither a holy creepy but neither but not quite like hapless he's 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 just he's dealt with in a, in a strangely sympathetic manner um which made it feel almost that it was like shoehorned in this like particularly shocking moment which i don't think is the intention of the movie whatsoever i don't think it's meant to be there as a shocking kind of moment but it's it's the the fact that like the way he is portrayed is so fucking bizarre that it's almost that it's like <gasps> look look how fucked up they are look how no. you know god is punishing these people or whatever that it's it's I, I find it really and it's not quite the build up to the reveal of them it's the afterwards that i find just uncomfortable not because of the fact that it's like you know sexual abuse ultimately but that the way that it's handled is so. I I I I I agreed with you the first time I watched it. On yeah. subsequent watches, I think this was my third time watching it. Yeah. Uh, I I still think that it's slightly problematic, but not to the extent that you're uh, uh, you're described. Basically, because of Sarah Polly's performance when mm. she comes back to and she's given the princess room, and the mother goes, "Oh, your father slaved over it or whatever." And she's stu- she's. Stony face. But not only that, is that like there's a line and the delivery is everything, and I think that it's the the the, the delivery and the eye, Sarah Polly's eyes, like such a good performance. The her eyes in the moment that she says, "Uh, we can't play Rockstar anymore." Yeah. And the, the way that it's both, uh, both it goes like because both. it's so many layers in that moment that is not only that she can't do it physically because it's like very hard for him for them to disappear now yeah but like but also is the it's her realization of growing up now that she understands from that moment that it's not right you know like it's that kind of like one event that changes you especially at that age that Mm. even though you're 14 you're no longer a child yeah so like she understands the 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 evil of the situation and in that delivery it's so biting that he becomes silent but it's like in her eyes it shows as well that it's like she could do anything to him also like to bring him like say it up bring it up on the on the yeah, court you see his discomfort at at the courtroom as well and i think it's that what it shows of sarah Polly being the, the the adult that she's become is that she quashes everything in quashes one the, in the, one the, <laughs> statement the trial oh god but that's also, so great she's so good but if she had said anything <laughs> about the father or the father had to come up and that's the thing of grief that is saying that watching it is that sarah Polly's decision is that her vengeance 
is to let him suffer knowing that she took at the any, higher road. And any time she could still... But if she has said something, then that became the story. Imagine if that comes out and then the newspaper pick it up or whatever. Mm. And then that becomes the story. And then everybody's grief is linked to your man's pedophilia and incest. So it's like this decision of the child becoming the adult or whatever. And I think that... Like, I don't think it's perfect how it is dealt from... I think that there's a scene needed in between, I think. Yeah. But not... Like, I, I love... Like, love is the wrong word. I really appreciate and admire the way that the end of it is dealt. And the beginning, in a way, also, the way that is not done either, like, um, uh, sensationalistic... Mm. nor approving or sexy is just really matter of fact and we with our moral compass realize that this is an awful situation yeah what's so uh, weird about it is that like in that first scene whenever you see him looking at her and she's like playing the guitar i was like and i was like wait what Uh, uh, uh." and i was like oh wait it's not their pastels and then i was like wait she just said daddy so he is definitely her dad and i was just like oh and the scene whenever like it feels like creepily signposted and like they're there eating the ice cream and everything yeah. so that whenever you finally get the scene you're just like oh no oh yeah because I, it's... I had to be home by nine. Oh god it's so horrifying it's the fact that it's the bar and then it's all it's like this strange like almost altar and then or you something. see that the mother is actually a loving mother and nice yeah, and yeah. everything the mother's yeah oh god and then the whole thing with the computer is brilliant as well. <laughs> Do you think you want to take the computer back? <laughs> oh god, yeah. Oh, even like Ian Holmes' face um, in that scene as well is is like just everything is crashing down in this very short statement, and it's just he is horrified, but oh, so conflicted with everything that's going on. Almost smiling as well because he said they're not gonna make you lie. So I just say the the. The truth just just be honest or whatever but he's thinking that like she'd be able to be coached by her parents or, or like manipulated yeah. in a way and i think that in a way what the movie also does is that uh well i think we mentioned previously in other episodes about how uh in particular rape victims or whatever uh, just become the victim in the movie and this movie uh takes that away like, gives her back a power it gives her not only the power her... that it, is that she's gone through two traumas in this movie mm. and she's still the character you never think of her as the victim of either one mm. and I, I think that it is like a very good piece of filmmaking because you still feel for her the same way that uh, you know home tells her it's like of course i feel sorry for you everybody feels you're you 14 yeah. you're in a wheelchair like, you're not meant to be in this situation. But also the way that, like, even they deal with autism in this movie is very progressive for the 90s. The, yeah, like, that's uh, true, yeah. Like, the the kid is like, oh, he's got always, like, he always cries when saying goodbye or whatever. And you think it's oh, going to be so, so You think big. it's going to be a young child. Remember she says that where she's like, I know tomorrow he's going to cry. He's not going to want me. He's not going to want to believe me. And you think, like, young child or whatever. And, like, oh, that... That scene between her and Rita as well, whenever, like, um, I, I really love all the different scenes of Rita picking up the kids yeah. on the morning. 
and it, mm. it and it's really depressed it like makes it even sadder because you know what's gonna happen but you don't see it like it yeah. could have opened with the like a lesser film would have opened with the crash yeah. straight away and then cut back That's but because cool. you're doing the flashbacks to further back and then building them and then even after you're seeing the crash you still have a few flashbacks of her picking up kids yeah and it just creates this kind of like uh like whole but also never could be complete a mosaic of pain kind of thing like mosaic of pain beautiful because you you see all the pictures that she has they become the they have those meanings but you Mm. see that in her face every waking moment every time that she feels the pain that she has in her neck she's reminded she's reminded of the 14 children the 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 the, the, when you finally get to the 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 shot of the bus actually crashing that you know is coming but like there's no way to prepare yourself for it because you can never be ready for that scene you know and it's just (coughs) it's not very long it doesn't linger too much it's much more kind of on his reaction and him running after it and everything and but oh and then also the the the, how the how Goyen is, is so uh, not detached, but in a way, uh, not not even subtle that he doesn't need to show. Like that, there's a shot that is one of my favorite shots in the movie that is just looking up uh, Bruce Greenwood, mm. and then it just cuts to him walking away, and you just see the body bags. Yeah, that is just him recognizing his kids, and it just lingers. Like, but you're you're not up. like you're not in like the police station yeah you're not in like um the morgue where he's identifying them or whatever you know like those real sort of like you're kind of missing the kind of law enforcement element of this i think yeah, i think, which that I think is a, a good decision it's it's like it's it's because this is so much about what happens after that after the cameras have gone after everything like what do you do then but like at the same time like the the two biggest issues that i have with the movie and i think it's uh, something in adaptation because i can't imagine that the the book doesn't cover it mm. is that if you uh compare this to something like jaws uh in the sense <laughs> okay. of, of the creation of a small town yeah that you almost know the geography of the town in jaws that in yeah, this you never see like, you never feel like you know the specific location something like twin peaks yeah everything they shot in different locations but around it feels but it like feels like the people more connect you in this than the location yeah. does which it's, is a it, that is actually that that is totally that is it because there was something I was thinking where I didn't, I felt somehow alienated from it and distanced, and that's part of it, hundred percent. And when you were saying, I couldn't, that, I couldn't tell you where anything is. Yeah, like you don't have a geography of like, yeah. like even on the route of where each, like especially when you were talking about bus route, it's like, how yeah. does it make sense that she gets the, uh, goes to the fucking backers of nowhere to get the hippie kid and then go yeah. to whatever? So it's it like, really... like. Where, like, I think the sense of geography is slightly lost, even though it has a very good sense of place, but not mm. specificity, which is, like, I think it would have added to the the movie. And when you're saying about uh, law, in, uh, law in order, uh, law enforcement, law enforcement the, I, th- I thought that it was a missed opportunity. I wonder if there is a character in the book in the sense that, uh, consider how small the town is, the people who getting the kids out are probably from the town as well. Yeah. So, like, that's always the, the weird thing of, like, an event that way that you have to become a cop or a fire person. Suddenly. Or, uh, suddenly. Yeah, after the, years of dealing with very small... Or even if you are in a slightly bigger town that has issues, or, like, let's say 
Salt Lake City or something that is like not Salt Lake City uh, the uh, the uh, the Salton Sea that yeah. is a town that it's like just crime like but there's only like 5,000 people yeah but it's just unfortunately decrepit drug addicts whatever you know like so coppers know everybody in the in that town but at the same time they, they have to do have the, the work distance yeah not but, that they don't do work but that it's yeah but at the same time is when they, they even though they they are doing like dealing with a drug addict all the time or criminals or whatever like not to link the two let <laughs> me clarify that they're not uh uh spill out that liberal guilt there <laughs> But the 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 sense that like it, it's like the cop in their beat back in the day. That mm. even though you're chasing the same criminal over and over, let's say the same petty thief, you build a relationship when yeah, you're like you know you're just dealing in a, even the, in something like um I am um, fucking uh, pick up on South Street. Pick up on South Street, yeah, like the, that similar thing of like you know having such a strong relationship with all the criminals that you're constantly you know what i mean it's like this endless cycle that's almost like strangely positive for people in a way that it's it's it's, it's much it's like a, a community yeah exactly it's as much a part of the community as is everything else is that it, it's not that idea of what the, that the criminal being the other being disconnected from your community that it, it everything is kind of working in a sort of a, a strange harmony um it's one of those few kind of let's throw everything at the at the wall and see what sticks that most like 90 percent sticks yeah i don't think it feels as as haphazard as that sounds though I yeah like feels, that's a yeah it it, it 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 is haphazardly structured and made in some ways like even the style changes depending on where they mm. are and stuff but it still holds because thematically and emotionally the movie has a real flow and backbone through. Mm. But that is like a, a huge credit to the director. But at the same time, it has little moments that, that in my opinion, don't ring so yeah. true. Let's say. And it is the same old thing of that. They really stand out when the rest of it is so good. Yeah. Um, like particularly the, the performances of like, oh, God, the, that Gary was just in a different movie. Um, <laughs> it really distracted me. Uh, particularly when she's like on the phone with Ian home and you're like, oh my god, like it's just there's she he is just so fantastic. And one um, like watching this, you kind of like regret that there's not that many Ian home main performances. You know that like he's yeah. always like mostly relegated for like second. He's always good. Like uh, oh yeah yeah very strong. Like even presence. Lord of the Rings. Yeah uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's great in that. Like I mean that that thing whenever he goes like. <sighs> Like the first in the first yeah. one with the ring that like scared me the first time and still scares me. Um, but like even a fucking alien and shit like uh, is like he's the what android. Else is, he's what the else android. is he know, man? Like in the fucking million movies. Uh, yeah, he's one of but, those guys where I was like, oh yeah, but I couldn't really think of him like, he was in except Lord of the Rings. The thing is that for like a lot of my life until I realized how good your home is, like I thought that he was a discount Bob Hoskins. Oh, because uh, it, no, similar, but no. Yeah, that, but that's what I mean. It's like, uh, like not of that he similar... does exactly the same thing, but like I always felt that like he he would uh, take the roles above Hoskins and accept, you know, <laughs> like that. Like he'd be like second down on the line. But yeah, no, per per at home, like he is, he is clearly great. Like one of those guys that is just sort of he's like a Toby Jones or a yeah, yeah like but even the way that he it's like. In this movie, he's so pathetic at times as well. Yeah. When he runs to get his retainer, like he's like 
going like to the hippies going like of course you need to discuss it by yourself while like sprinting in the snow like yeah uh, along the same route that the child takes to get the bus and yeah and like there's so many high angle shots in this that are really really fabulous Oh, like um, the one in the bed, like the 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 opening shot is one of the. the, the uh, it's a little, it's a little too soft, soft for me, and a little bit too kind of. Where are they? Why is it no bed? What? Um, what it is the weirdest fucking bed positioning I've ever seen yes. in the in the film. Are they both naked? Like what's going on? Um, <laughs> but it, like the way that the kid, like when the mother moves, and you can see nipple. Uh, yeah. It's so intrusive in a way. Like it feels like I think Eber describes it. Strange amount of nudity actually in this because you see um, your one in the motel, like her fully naked as well. It felt almost strange in this film because everything else, like the death, the even the incest, everything else is so like just shows you enough so you know exactly what's going on without having to be like Woo, yeah but like know? i think it's a really uh poignant uh, uh the nudity comes after the sex that during the sex yeah. is not so once the carnal knowledge is yeah, done true. it's kind of like it's so it's not adding anything to their lives he just picks up and goes it's like oh yeah. the, the i had to Oh, sensor probably to her it father. felt ugh, it felt really um oh their their relationship actually is is quite interesting as well that he's almost like another father figure to her in yeah. a way but like this a completely different idea of a man and that she looks at him almost pleadingly at times and he's almost looking at her pleadingly because he's so lost in his situation that like going off to be with this woman for like an hour every so often is the only release he has and then like bruce greenwood's like one of the best things in the movie is also when the, the confrontation between Ian Holm and Bruce Greenwood. Oh, and the, at the bus. Yeah, they, he has the oh. bus in his shop. So, oh. like, when he's sitting there. He uh, sees it. And also, like, there's a, 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 a illusion. Uh, I don't know uh, if, like, in the book it comes more clearly. Uh, I haven't read any. But the fact that Bruce Greenwood is also a guitarist, that maybe there was a fallout between him and Sarpoli's father. And maybe like he knows what happened because it's kind of the like he I think the guilt and also the way that like he deals with Sarah Paul is almost that he knows what was going on. Like he he's knows kind of, something because yeah. he's the smartest guy in the room. He's the guy that really sees everything for what it is in the movie, mm. but not in the way of the trope that no, we were talking he's about not, before. No, he's like he gets more and more aggressive in his actions as it goes on, but. At no point is he like the crazy guy that they're yeah. pushing off. Like, don't listen to him. He's crazy. And it would have been so easy for the movie. To, like, that's what I mean when mm, I was to talking do about it, the, yeah. the, the... But it doesn't go there. Yeah. That even with the hippies in the beginning, you think, oh, she has a unibrow. They're going to be crazy. They're just going to be nuts. It's mm. going to be kind of comedic, sad. We're going to laugh at these people. And no, it's just like, they're different to the other people in the town but like their grief is just as real as their their grief and their love for each other and their child is very like apparent as well that it's like that this was sort of their one chance of having a child and that he was growing up and oh god it's what rita says about him as well that he would have made such a great man yeah it's so heartbreaking because it's like you can totally see this little boy becoming this like great you know like oh it's just it's really it's so heartbreaking Rita is is fantastic yeah what is interesting about this movie is I did think a lot about three billboards yeah 
because I think it is comparable and like the, the the idea of grief in the small town and, and, and everything and obviously like that has a much more geographical sense yeah absolutely like you 100% know where everything is but um, I I think this is better than Three Billboards like I have a lot of problems with, with Three Billboards uh, because Three Billboards although having a kind of a linear structure has the same sort of meandering idea to it and feels much less purposeful and I feel like it doesn't quite hammer any of its themes, whereas yeah. this does, I think, 100%. For all of its its flaws, I think it's a much more cohesive movie. And, um, I, yeah, like, even, even well, obviously, like, it hasn't, it's just, there are the, the particular sections that I didn't, you know, had issues with, but. Like, even um, the, the helicopter shots that you were mentioning, and, like, uh, every time that there you just see the bus it just fills you with dread rather like it's an yeah, amazing it's a little it's a, for forever and always that shot is the shining like and yeah. it's weirdly appropriate here not just for the landscape but because that bus is going somewhere incredibly dark you know that it, there's no happy there's no good destination for that bus you know it's and, and it's important also to mention that like the when the the accident happens as well it's like from really far away yeah. it doesn't yeah, yeah, cut yeah. in yeah. it doesn't show the kids drowning mm. it doesn't like it, it it's not it's a movie that doesn't uh, uh, cons- uh concern itself with the how or the when or mm. the what but the why mm. and the what now yeah and i think that it, it, like it's so focused in that mission that like uh for most part the uh Daddy. i think that it that it mostly achieves it visually i i do think yeah i think you pointed out that it's not it's not completely coherently visually perfect but i think like it's particularly the exterior and the night shots are absolutely beautiful like not just the landscape but the like the the color palette of it and the use of like the incredibly blue exteriors and the incredibly warm interiors and there there's a there's an artist that um and a photographer as well that it made me think of um like really really stunning like it this it, it looks better than any mid-budget 90s movies movie has the right to look to be honest um and i think it, it obviously it is getting help from from um from the landscape but um it, it is really impressive and um but yeah i i did i did really really like it it um, and also like the 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 music in the movie like using mm. a kind of inuit uh, instrumentation yeah. for quite classical music itself uh, adds a, oh yeah a that, sense of place and, uh, yeah i 100 percent appreciate something like that as well because the 90s is riddled with incredibly boring scores um and they almost become distracting in their movie scoreness favorite things uh, well, like uh, I'd say the performances, but not all of them. But like the trifecta, uh, Sarah Pauli, Bruce Greenwood, and you know, home. Mm. Like I think that in any uh year or any like any decade or whatever, they're really noteworthy performances. Like Sarah Pauli is just one of the best show performances I've ever seen. She's so good. Like in the, every time that I see Sarah Pauli. Yeah, like I, I love her films as well like I really like the um, that's all I was thinking as I was watching her Stories We Tell I was like you know she is so have you seen Stories We yes. Tell yes she's so I, I was just watching it all I could think of was that movie then and like oh, just how it's like how is she so good at acting but also so good at making you know what I mean it was like oh god this but is the, another one but I think like... but I think it's like her acting is based on her like really clear and obvious and uh, searing intelligence well yeah 100% because like this is a very intelligent performance it's like understanding what is needed like the, yeah. the way that no director can give you it's something that has you to be to born have... from as an actor 
and uh, like and you can't especially at that age understanding like that's why that scene that i was talking about like the the put down it's so more impressive when you when you see it coming so you can just focus on her performance yeah like you see one eye slightly like narrow like so slightly that it adds so much it's so such a great face like and also bruce greenwood gives a performance that could have been so big and over the top or whatever i'm definitely gonna like reevaluate him i think to a certain extent as well because he does tend to turn up on like you know kind of like trash not trash but not like great stuff and uh, i've always liked him but i've never really sort of been blown away by him always plays the husband that the wife is going to have an affair with somebody else (laughs) you know what i mean like he's always the the, like Like, perfectly serviceable husband yeah but, um, it's the character that coach handler is slowly taking over you know like uh, <laughs> oh my god coach i like that i've seen that now that it does give me a new appreciation for him and also ian home because he's someone that you don't really think about until yeah. you see him in something randomly and you're like oh my god him yeah and uh, what's your favorite thing probably the performances as well because they are just it, they are some really like tiring I mean Rita like she's fantastic it, yeah like and it does obviously shed light on the not so good performances but um yeah like I, I enjoyed every moment that those characters were, were on screen because they were just so you know watchable even within the horror it was it was really great it really carried you and uh, there's the a pain. real humanity to them like mm. it doesn't feel like so much as a performance it feels no, more like a no it's a not like experience acting you know, not not at all. They and didn't graduate from the Leonardo DiCaprio. No, school and it could have been one of those movies as well where it was just Ian Home. It was the Ian Home show or whatever. But obviously, he's not that actor. But it could have been like yeah. that, where you know, say in the way of like Aaron Brockovich or whatever, where it's well, all like, about you the can star. see this movie being directed by Steven Soderbergh and being absolutely crap. You know, like. <laughs> on him yeah but imagine him yeah, getting no, his yeah, clammy yeah, yeah. paws no, in not, this not being able to I don't know why that. I think he has clammy paws yeah <laughs> what did Soderberg ever do to you to Maybe be fair he's so sweaty all his films are so sweaty like, he is watch- also like he's a bit of a tit as well like oh it's like look at all the movies I wrote down everything I watched it's like shut up I shot the movie and did everything myself but Cuba shut have up. you watched The Postman 12 times that's a film skill have you that's how you go to film school. You watch the first one twelve times. It's like it's the Kim Newman film school. Yeah, it's like the the Shawshank Redemption is like first you what hate do you it, learn? then you go. Do you want a war? I'll give you a war. Uh, so, what's your least favorite thing? Uh, uh, I, I I have a, a very uh, I mean, slight inkling of what it might be. It's gotta be the the mishandled incest and and also the daughter. Like Jesus. Like, not to say that there's, like, so many films that, like, like, that's not a phrase you hear every day. Mishandled incest. No, but there's, no, but you know what I mean? There's a way to, to deal with it, portraying it or by writing I know, about no, it. I know, no, I know, but it's like, it's one of those phrases that you wake up during the week and you think you're not going to hear it. And then <laughs> you get to the Saturday and you're yeah. like, huh. <laughs> that's what we talk about at five o'clock. <laughs> As the snow melts outside. Uh, for me, my least favorite thing is uh, the uh, that they never really showed the town center or the. Mm. Uh, the that is a really that's town. a really good point because I think it is integral to a small town like show, movie, book, anything. It's, it has to become its own character, the yeah. same way as like a New York City film has to be, or LA. Yeah. When you're doing the movie that or it is Chicago very or specifically anywhere, yeah. set. 
Um, uh, yeah, so th- uh, that was... Um, there was a sweet hair after. A sweet hair after. Um, Second Canadian movie. Considering yes. how small the Canadian film industry is, it's quite... Impressive. Thank you, brothers Deacon. Uh, so, um, well, like this couldn't possibly be more different than Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Orla, next week's film is your choice. Um, next week's movie is Kubo and the Two Strings animation and uh, uh, not depression. So, because <laughs> as I was watching the two movies, I was like, I because I was looking then, I was like the, the things I was thinking of picking, and I was like, no. <laughs> I can't. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to. So uh, yeah, Cooper with the two strings. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, where can they find us? The recommendation game on Facebook at the right game on Twitter. Uh, the recommendation game at gmail.com and uh, you can find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud. Uh, you can also support independent Irish radio th- through donations to the Dublin Digital Radio Patreon. Patreon. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's about it for us this week. Uh, I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla Magnus. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <laughs>